Hello and welcome to another episode of Doom to Bloom podcast. Today we have Eric on the other side of the screen here with me and he is going to talk about a wide host of topics and so we'll just see where it goes with that. Hi Eric. Hey Jacqueline, honestly really grateful to be here and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Me as well. I know we were trying to do it sooner and so we were just talking off air that you know the universe was listening to us and and just made it happen so we're here and we're doing it it's always listening it's always, <laughs> always listening. listening. It's always your subconscious it's always going to reflect what you put out there exactly which, which is why it helps be positive and and we're here yes so let's put it into the universe i agree let's dump it into the akashic records or the the all of whatever you want to call it the collective consciousness of humanity let's add some positive energy and vibes to that let's do it so where where should we start eric yeah, so I can do a brief intro if you think your listeners would like that, and then we can just kind of dissect whatever we feel like talking about. We'll talk about. Sure, let's do sure. it. Sure. So nice to meet you. My name is Eric. I'm 30 years old. I'm blessed to be living in beautiful Southern California. Um, my main hobbies, I would say, are chess, Muay Thai. I love to read anything under the sun and meditation. So I just got back from a 10-day noble silence vimpasa meditation retreat in Joshua Tree, California. It was a beautiful, transformative experience. Um, if that tickles your fancy, I highly recommend you check it out. Again, Vimpasa Meditation. They have facilities all over the United States. It's completely free. The teachers, the teachers are amazing. It's it's a really well done course, and the the benefits you gain from that, or at least for me, have been infinite. In terms, is it, is it mostly focused on meditation? Oh, it's all meditation. So, like, oh, cool. you, okay. you you get there. Um, it's a full 10 days. So the day you get there doesn't count. The day you leave doesn't count. You have your schedule. You wake up at 4 a.m. You meditate. You have breakfast. You meditate some more. You have lunch. You meditate some more. And all you have access to is your room, which is a, it's a nice room, a meditation hall, dining hall, and a walking path. So like, you know, like if you're if we were both to meditate right now, let's say we meditate for an hour, we have a good session, we feel good, we, we are good, we become good. But mm -hmm. you usually connect back to society, like you connect your emails, you check your phone right after that, so you reconnect. Totally. But a full 10 days, it's completely, um, you you don't have that. So it's like a full 10 day, even though you're not meditating, like the whole time, I mean, you are meditating like eight, 10 hours a day, but like, even if you're not completely meditating the whole time, the introspectiveness doesn't go away. And what was cool about this Joshua Tree location, it's in a, it's in a sacred place for the Indians. So it's actually when the Indians are at the war, there's an area, there's a no, no war zone. And I believe that's for a reason. So that's where they hosted the retreat. So like, honestly, like my dreams are crazy. Saw some visions, saw some like ghosts and stuff walking around. I, I remember like after a full day meditation, I just go like on the walking path, just kind of dur out on like a, like the bench and just kind of look at the stars. Saw like hundreds of shooting stars. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Wow. Okay. So definitely a uh, 10 out of 10 for recommendation. It sounds like. Yeah, higher than ten out of ten. So uh, the the exact method it the exact method it was used is the method that the Buddha used to reach enlightenment. So what you do is for the first three days you focus your attention because I think we all know where your attention goes, your energy flows. You just focus your attention on the area around your nostril, and since no, since this is a new experience, you start to feel different sensations in this little triangle around your mouth. Once you can do that, you move your attention, what you've been doing around your nostril, you just scan your body back and forth every inch equally throughout your body. And what this does is it extracts the traumas that you start out in your life throughout your whole body, and they come out in the forms of different sensations. So the logic wow. behind this is um, 
let's say you're a NASA scientist and you, you have a, you're sending something to space, you have a piece of metal, you need it to be 100% pure. What you would do is you'd run it through magnets and those magnets would extract impurities. So that's what you're doing, but in a meditative state. So just back and forth, over and over, up and down, different flows. And what's cool is if you do that for long enough, you just really feel like the energy is just go specifically like where your attention is going. You just feel like a burst of energy. You can track it along your whole body. Eventually, a while you get fast, you can like send it back and forth like within seconds. Like there's some masses you could just really crush it. And then you close the meditation. So after you like, it's like a cleansing purifying process. So you close the meditation by storing all the energy in your forehead or Oh, you started you start you start with your crown obviously but you put all your energy there and then you just emit love to everyone in the world so that's how you close the meditation and what's cool about this is i think i think based on like our brief conversation we both believe in energy we both believe in all that stuff so it's like a hundred people sitting in the same room doing the same thing for so long it's a it's a powerful experience again completely free so their donation model is um it's completely run on donations oh, so wow. so and the only people who can donate are ex-students. So I donate to the facility because it had a great value. But if you wanted to donate, you wouldn't be able to. You'd have to go, go to the meditation retreat yourself. And then after you have the ability to donate, if you even can, if not, it's totally fine. And like, again, all the food is taken care of. All the servers and people who run the course are ex-students as well. So it's all self-run because people want That's to awesome. be there. Yeah, no, it's all. Again, meditation centers all around. Obviously, I checked out the one in California because that's where I'm from. It's just the closest one. But again, they're all over the United States. They're a, it's a pretty big program. It's taught by uh, Senor Goenka, which is funny because he's a dead guy. So the uh, the course is the discourse is like it's him. He he passed away. He's a great man. But like you meditate all day and you have a discourse at the end, and it's his recording from like years ago. And even though he's dead, or even though I guess he the more accurate way to describe it is he's he's returned. But even now, it's like he knows exactly what you're going through. It's like, we're just like, Jesus, how does he know this? It's like, you're probably feeling this. This is what's probably happening. You're just like, sir, you did, you feel this like the 1990s. How are you so accurate? And he's like, he knows. Very calm guy, too. Hmm. Yeah. Is there any outside of the States or is it only in the States? Um, no, there's nothing outside of the States. Um, I, the main centers in India. I think the, the main centers are around India. So it was it's oh. spread. So the, the first center was the Buddha's, uh, the Buddha founded, and then it spread like wildfire because because it, it's been just so beneficial for so many people that it's an amazing experience. And the logic behind that is you're either a positivity generator or a negativity generator. So without even knowing it, um, if you haven't done the work, you're generating negativity. And like, just think of your aversions or cravings as they stem into more. Like, so one aversion will create a thousand. So like, think about like every time you've had a craving or aversion. Like something you just really wanted, it's never a good feeling. So once you extract the root, you become a positivity generator. That also, just like negativity is contagious, so is positivity. So the more people go to this, the more positive people become, the more they raise their own collective consciousness, the more they raise the collective consciousness of those around them, which is obviously good for everyone. You should be like like almost a, a sponsor or like a walking advertisement. Oh, I've... I tell everyone, <laughs> like, even because I know this podcast is more esoteric, but even on like the straight business ones, I'd, I'd be sure to add that plug in the me in the beginning. So that's the main reason I add the hobbies. It's like, I, I have to throw it in there every single time because again, 
you never know who's listening. And the reason I was able to join is because it got recommended once. Um, my friend's like, you should do it. I'm like, well, I can't just take 10 days off. And then I saw like two or three more times. Like, okay, the third time is t- telling me something because I pay attention to synchronous. I'm like, all right, this is the third time. And I just signed up and go. So who knows? Maybe it could be the second or third time someone who's been thinking about does it. They join. Then they become a sponsor too. Like I got, I got my dad to join. I got my... Yeah, no, I, I recommend it to literally everyone just because honestly, it's an amazing experience. And you can leave whenever you want. If it doesn't serve you, you're just like, oh, I'm out. But it serves you. So I, I'm definitely going to look into it. So there's your one person. Yes. For perfect. sure. <laughs> Zero to one. And so what else is is there to know about you, Eric? Uh, I mean, in terms of schooling and business, I went to University of California, Irvine. I interned in Barcelona and Washington, D.C., which I found funny because of how opposite cultures there are. It's so like in Barcelona, I'd show up in flip-flops at like 10 a.m. and I'd be the first one there. Whereas in D.C., I'd have to wear like a full suit and tie to like the consulting thing. And I'd show up at like eight and I'd be the last one there. And of course, it's like humid. So you're just like drenched. It's when you're just like, oh, it's not the vibe. My f- my first job out of college was at Snap helping craft their ad-, ad algorithm. So I wanted to do that because the location was on Venice Beach and they're going through their IPO, which is funny. And after that, I became a bankruptcy consultant because like, oh, I need to get a nine to five job. That didn't really align with my ethos at the time. So I quit that. So I going to entrepreneurship and then started working on two companies. The first was ShopX. It's the Web3 or Google. It's the Apple or Google Web3. We're a suite of products for an e-commerce brand in Web2 to download our app and interact with in Web3. And the why behind... Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, get, I'll give you a nice breakdown after I go through the why. Okay. But yeah, the, the why behind that is overall, I'd like to live a nice, peaceful life. I think everyone wants to do that. I found that harder to do if I view the money system as corrupt because it is taking money from everyone at every day, every second of every day, mm-hmm. funding God knows what overseas, enriching the lives of the, we both know, like, obviously the politicians, yeah, they're just yeah. stealing money from us. So I was like, well, that's not good. So then that led me to find gold and silver as the answer to help fix those incentive structures, which led me to find Bitcoin as a solution for that. And then ShopX is a way for me to onboard people into the ecosystem at scale. Like, for example, if Nike were to use our products, they have a million customers, a million people purchase the Web3 product because they want the e-commerce benefit with that. That's a million people into the ecosystem. So that's my way of adding positivity. And to give you a brief overview of Web1, Web2, Web3 is just because I know that's important. Um, Web1, just think of read only. So in Web1, we could go online, we could read stuff online. Fantastic. Web two, let's frame it as like Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. So we could read stuff and we can write stuff. So I could write an Instagram post. You can interact. You can view that Instagram post. The only issue is we don't own that Instagram post. So like Instagram owns that post. They can sell our data for nefarious purposes. They can cancel us retroactively. Some powers that be like, hey, we don't like these people spreading positivity. We want people in a lower state. Let's cancel them. And then they can just wipe us both out. In, and I think that'll be more of an issue going forward just because, I mean, I think we kind of know what's going on. But and, The world? And, yeah, yeah. And that's all by design. But in Web3, it's we can read, write, and we can own. So in Web3, we can read content, we can write content, but we can own content as well. So if I were to create an Instagram post and it's a Web3 product, like an NFT or something, you, I own that I own that NFT. I You then could either, I could give it to you, you could purchase it out of your own free will. And now there's a connection between me and you 
So my area of expertise is like e-commerce. So for example, if I had a brand, I could just program, program products for you to claim, discounts, all that stuff. But now, the important thing is now there's a connection and no one can cancel that. So now that I've sold the NFT to you, I can't go like, oh, never mind, take it back, which is what Amazon does with their AWS credits, which is in startup world, it's super annoying to deal with. Or in the Instagram can be like, okay, we don't like what she's saying. We're going to take away your NFT. We're going to take away your money. We're going to close it. They can do that. So in this world, you own the content, so you're responsible for, you're responsible for it as well. And I think you mentioned you had another business as well, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And uh, it's funny because everything, I think everything is related. So this the second company is Dota Inc. So it's the first ever AI-powered matchmaking service. And I was able to um, help start this company because I was on a crypto podcast tour a while back for just to raise ShopX awareness. And one of the podcasters I was on, Crypto Economy, was this guy named Mark. Uh, we, we kept in touch after the podcast. Like We gave friends. And then all of a sudden, this random dotting company started following me. Like, what is this? And it turns out he started this company. Like, okay, this is funny. Let's just start building it from the ground up. So that's how that's related. And that's the first ever AI-powered matchmaker. Our goal is to match a billion happy couples by putting our users in the position to succeed. So what we oh. do is we solve the problems presented by Tinder, Hinge, and all those dating apps. Because I think we both know the dating market is it's not good for a lot of people. And the main reason is for let's use Tinder as an example, but we can extrapolate this to the rest of this rest of the system. Like Tinder, the top five percent get access to everyone on the app, which creates a skewed marketplace. Like for example, if you're on Tinder, you're not you're not even seeing everyone too. So it's like it sucks for them. The second issue is it's basically hot or not. Like it's it's all surface level. It's like, do I like this picture? Yes, no. Swipe left, swipe right. The mm -hmm. third issue is it's all owned by you know, most people don't know this, but pretty much everything is owned by the match group. So when an app reaches around a thousand a million users or something like some generic number, the match group will generally just kind of try to buy the app out. So like you can't, that's why the overall system isn't getting fixed because it's all owned by one company. So that's that a monopoly is never good. And the, I would say the bigger issue is just incentive structures aligned with dating apps. So for example, Tinder, if they were to match a happy couple, they would probably, hopefully they would go off the app. What's hap what happens to Tinder at that point? They lose two paying customers. So because they're owned by the match group, they have to make the shareholders happy versus the customers happy. So they're incentivized to create a structure where it's like, it's it's called churn marketing, where they keep you on like a Ferris wheel. So if you've ever had a friend on the dating apps or whatever, you've heard, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, it's like, I downloaded Hinge, I deleted Hinge, I downloaded Hinge, I deleted Hinge, I downloaded Hinge, I deleted yep. Hinge. So that's that's what they're trying to do. So what Data Inc. does separately is we would create a profile for you based on your digital footprint so you create you create an account and we're, we're launching february 14th because it's cute but uh you create you create an account you'd link your social media and then it'd create a profile for you based on your digital footprint and then it would match you with other people based on their digital footprint and it won't give you like 100 matches it'll give you like three a day or something so for example in like your case like jacqueline you could you could join the app you have your digital footprint made um you get three matches like um Andrew, Harry, uh, Brian, you're like, okay. You couldn't have picked better names. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, good point. The first ones that come to mind, Harry. <laughs> I was thinking of Harry Potter. No, okay, so it's kind of related because I didn't notice. I Harry like Harry Potter, Potter, so I'll give you that. I, I said Andrew and then Prince Harry and then my friend who's a big Harry Potter fan because we were just talking about this more. His name is Brian. So that's how they're related. So I'm just like, okay, whatever, Brian. Okay. You get, you're like, oh, tell me more about You get a quick... quick Quick buy about Brian, 
It's like, oh, you tell me about Brian. It's like, oh, he went to Ford University based on his Instagram profile. He's also into nature. He goes on the hikes. He tags national parks. Maybe you guys would be a good match. Oh, did you know on Spotify, your third artist, you both listen to this really obscure artist that no one else listens to? Oh, did you know there's a concert in the forest with this artist? Maybe we could suggest a date between you two. And then it would suggest it from there. And That's going cool. back to going what back to what I said about like it puts your user in the position to succeed. The back end stuff is there. So even if that artist thing didn't come up, it still matched it because of that. So that could even come up organically. So it's gonna start off matching people with similar interests. But let's say I, I think everyone's beautiful individual, but like some people like the same, some people like the opposite. You never know what we're into. So like it's gonna start with something similar, but let's say I'm something like the opposite. It's like I say no to people who are similar. It's like, okay, I'm gonna try something different. I'll give you the opposite. So the longer you're on our app, the higher the chance, the better it gets at matching you to someone good. So unlike Tinder, where it keeps you on, our goal is to take you off. And then from there, it can play as like a relationship butler. Like let's say I match on the app, we get married, we have our two kids and all that jazz. We're too busy to date. It can be like, okay, hey guys, you haven't left the house in three months. I think it's time to go out. Oh, hey guys, did you know the restaurant you always go to or the restaurant you went on your first date? They're having a special sale on this ice cream. Maybe you should check it out. Oh, if you go ahead and check it out, I recommend this this um, babysitting service. Okay, great. You guys are going. Do you want me to book a reservation for you? So it can do. It's going to be able to do all that. So it's going to be like a relationship butler. And again, we That's want people. So cool. Yeah, we think people. I, I think people are better. Like, I mean, some people are best of all, but like, I think the majority of people. I think having a good relationship is just a staple of that. So we're trying to facilitate that. And the cool thing is, after the dating portion, that's just easy, easy market penetration. We can match. It can match people like friend groups too. Like, I can be like, okay, Eric, I'm like dating. Match me with like five other dudes who are into Muay Thai, like hiking, who would be down for this taco place, and then it can match with it. You can help build communities that way too. Which, again, awesome. if based on a digital footprint, like for example, I, oh, I'll use our example. Like, there's not too many people who are into like esoteric spiritual energy stuff, but it could find it could find like it could help you find or help me find my, our high vibe tribe based on the stuff we're tagging. Based like, it'd be like okay, Eric went on this podcast. He shared this podcast. Who else listens to this podcast? Maybe you guys want to meet up, type of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can do a bunch of stuff. So the only question I have, which I'm sure you have an answer for it. But if if you're taking a digital footprint, my only, and I'm using concern super lightly, but my only concern with that would be that anybody posting on, especially social media like Instagram, it's often a highlight reel. So would the matches be super accurate because people are only posting like their best life, not their like, not necessarily the true them per se? Does no, that make no. sense? You're 100% right. So on the Instagram example for like, for example, you're posting your highlight reel. I think that shows you just, I mean, people always just post like what they want to show. So it does get some value from there, but it can pull data as well. It's like, okay, this may be the highlight reel, but like they're close to their family. They tag their family a bunch. Okay. They have this oh, many okay. followings. I could create a map from there. And on top of that, we also connect with other sources that are less highlight really. Like, so for example, like YouTube, their Pinterest or Spotify. So the goal is to create a, just like a more comprehensive view of the person. And again, as, as you join the app, it's going to it's gonna learn about you. It's like it's going to ask you prompts. It's going to ask you questions again to create a, a complete profile ba- based off of just who you are and then hopefully match you with someone good. Because, hmm. yeah, that was my only like, yeah. well, what if people are posting stuff that's not necessarily like, yeah, it's them, but it's not really them. They're doing it for the likes or the views or... Yeah, like Instagram, 
That's how it works. <laughs> Instagram's the most superficial app, but like for example, like Spotify, Pinterest, like the even like YouTube or mm-hmm. for that matter, it's like they're more just like authentic. And like we throw on LinkedIn for there just so we get like somebody's career trajectory and like schooling. And the more long term, the more data sources to get more data sources we get, the better too. What do you think like you've already kind of mentioned this, but what do you think the value is in in I guess a relationship, but maybe it's more of a friendship and it's like a sense of community. What's your what's your take on like a sense of community and support and partnership? Well, first of all, I think they're both equally important. I think that's the long-term plan. I think the dating market, the dating app aspect is just super easy to penetrate because for example, I can run ads against like, I can go to the Tinder fails channels. Like, hey, does Tinder work for you? Do you want to try this solution? It's clearly not working for you. And then you can just get a bunch of people to sign up there. And then once we have a large user base, um, you can start matching people. Like, like you know, like I know Bumble does this terribly, but like they have Bumble friends type of thing. So we want to build a community. We want to build out a community aspect like that. And we are going to be one of the first apps in in VR. So the Apple VR headset. I know it's. I don't even have one, but like I know it's expensive. No one really has it now. But I think Apple is following their model of the iPhone. Like if you remember the iPhone when it first came out, it was expensive only for the rich people who mm-hmm. had it. So I think that the beginning stages of that for their VR headset. And I think they'll just follow through that. So if you wanted to, you can build a community of that and then meet in virtual world and then hopefully take it offline. Again, our goal is always to take it offline because I think you can really pick on some energy and vibe offline. You can't really do that online. So again, yeah. like our goal is to get them off the app as quickly as possible, get them in real life and then be support post, post-match. And I know we kind of talked about this off record, but you mentioned like, you know, the vibe, the energy, the kind of the flow the spiritual part of it can we talk about that because it sounds oh, yeah. like you're really into that and so, um, I, so can um, we yeah more can we connect that. all of those yeah so i'm more into that than the than the actual business part so i think i think first of all, i view everything in terms of energy frequency vibration i think each individual emotion has a certain frequency and just like a radio station you tune to a certain emotion you change to a certain radio station you attract a certain you just go to that frequency so like mm-hmm. it's if you think of from a scale of uh, zero to a thousand shame is the lowest so shame is at 50 anger fear hate all that stuff is around 200 like less than 200 and so if you're above 200 you're giving people energy so like if when you talk to someone like kind of like youtube or like you talk to someone positive you feel good after that's because they're above 200 but you know when you talk to someone that's draining it's mm-hmm. because they're below 200 and interestingly enough when you're in the state of 200 that's when people are most impressionable and controllable so if you go into social media or news or that lens, like, okay, they're pushing this level of content to keep people in a state where they can be controlled. There's obviously an agenda behind that. Once you get into the higher levels, like love, joy, peace, and all that stuff, like I think love is like 550. Like those are like the higher levels, which obviously mm-hmm. those are like the good, like the feel good, like more spiritually awakened people. Mother Teresa, Gandhi, they got to around like 700 the bible the original one like the classic works of art they they resonate high too so if you look at like a piece of art it's like oh this is amazing it's beautiful i can't really tell why it's because they have a high frequency and then jesus krishna and the buddha they're the instead of the gigachads of i guess people they got to a thousand so that's why they're just so impactful so in terms of goals i would say everyone has their inner purpose and outer purpose i think everyone's inner purpose is the same and it's to raise your own level of consciousness because that in turn raises the level of consciousness of those around you 
and just creates a better world for everyone. It's like I raise my level of consciousness, I talk to you, you raise mine, I raise yours, and then your listeners, they raise theirs from this conversation. They go around and spread it like a positivity virus. So again, inner purpose is to raise your own level of consciousness, and the outer purpose is how do I contribute to the world to that? So for me, it's both shop, because like the why of ShopX is nice, peaceful life. Obviously, that's a good thing. I think cryptocurrency is the future, so that's why I'm pushing that forward. And dating is obviously just to spread love, which obviously is a good thing too. So those are the two outer purposes which align with the inner purpose. Is there on this the scale of zero to a thousand, if, okay, let me rephrase. What number would you give to me not knowing me super well, but during this conversation? Uh, probably around like three, 400. And so is there a way for me to get up and up and up to like, 600 700 yeah no, or are we I, kind of stuck no no um, you're absolutely not stuck i mean the law of the universe is impermanence people are always changing you can go up you can go down so for me i mean we're, the, i would say the best way to raise is just to be conscious of the type of content you consume and just be helpful and um, the way you would raise is different than the way i would raise it's so just be conscious of the level of content you consume like if you consume bad food good food um obviously there's a it'll have a negative effect on you like alcohol Mm -hmm. and, and marijuana those are around 200 and 250 so if if you're happy drinking it's because you're lower than that and you're raising but of course that's like a energy it's like an energy debt so you borrow energy from the future and you have to pay it with interest so that's where alcohol and marijuana come from but yeah no just be conscious about the content not just food though like the like type of thought content you see so if you're mindlessly doom scrolling that's programming your subconscious it's going to lower your vibration but if you surround yourself with positive content, like spirituality stuff, that'll generally raise your level of conscious. And again, also the, the company you keep is perfect. And all, I think you, based on your background, like honestly being in nature is awesome too. So it's like, just it's just like a whole collective thing. So the cool so thing if, is, yeah. if If somebody, I'm going to use myself because it just makes more sense to me. So if you say I'm at 300, but I don't, I make the purpose of my goal to kind of raise awareness and advocate and just be like kind of a light for others but I also intentionally don't drink don't consume substance don't smoke does that automatically raise me up or does that just automatically put me at like 300 no it'll, I mean nothing automatically raises you up but most likely it'll raise you up and only you know the answer for that if you want to look more to it, um, the chart by David R. Hawkins is where I got that data from. So like you can tell which emotion is based on that. So how you're feeling is you can kind of tell where your level of consciousness is as based on that. So that's the more granular thing. But it really is once the student once the student is ready, the teacher starts appearing. Like for example, like when you're ready, you'll start getting flooded with like cool, like very esoteric, high vibe people. You're saying, Jesus Christ, your vibration is high. But yeah. only once the student is ready and more importantly, once the student is ready to accept. Because in that, I just think of more like a, I think of everything in software. So I think it's more of like a download that you're getting from the universe or the creator, or whatever you call it. So when he thinks you're ready, he'll, he'll send it to you. If not, just keep trucking along. And you mentioned that, you know, what we consume, how we consume, who we're around contributes to like the greater good. Do you have any tips on how to be more mindful of what we consume or engage with yeah so honestly the, the name of the game is awareness the food is the easy part because uh, you 
you eat like a salad with a piece of chicken or a fish compare that to how you feel the next day after you eat like a triple bacon cheeseburger at the ranch you know like that like that, I mean, that, that sounds delicious but yeah. that, like there you'll you'll easily tell the tangible difference like okay clearly feeling much better with the salad and like the piece of salmon or something in terms of who you're around you just gotta trust your gut and set boundaries like you can tell when something's being negative you can like you know when someone's being draining you know either maybe subconsciously or not consciously when they don't wish you well so just just be around people who wish you well and again that's the importance of operating at a certain frequency so like i think the inner the outer reflects the inner world if you go around wishing people like love, happiness, they'll wish you love and happiness too. But if you're going around wishing people like anger and sadness, that's who you're going to trash because that's who you're at. So again, the path for that is just to just honestly wish everyone the best and then people wish you the best, which is cool. Um, the content one, I think that's the mo most difficult one because even myself and most likely you, it's like there's an agenda to push people to mindlessly scroll TikTok, mindlessly scroll reels, all that and program your mind, which is honestly what I call just garbage garbage sauce or it's just like yeah. them like this is this is terrible like go on the news like how much of it is negative 99.9 percent .9%, and that's to keep you in a controllable state so my personal tip for that as i spun into positivity the, the first thing is i'm like okay let, let's run a test if i scroll through instagram reels how much of this adds value to my life five minutes nothing added and uh, i made a separate account where i just kind of crafted my own like spiritual business esoteric content so i have that if i really do want to do reels i don't use my main because it's already corrupt but on the flip side um i whenever i have the urge because really that's just releasing dopamine in your mind which is i think we're all addicted to social media so what i did is whenever the urge i just replace mindless scrolling with chess.com so on my instagram social media app i've all because i've i run social media for like honestly do come so I, I do i do have to go on i can't like just shut it off which would be nice but on my social media app, I labeled it today as toxic because it is toxic. So like there's a clear label because I'm like, okay, this is toxic. And then next to my Instagram app, I put the chess.com app. So if I'm really feeling addicted, go to Instagram because you have to make it easy for yourself because you're going to go there anyways. I just, okay, Instagram's there. Oh, chess.com is here too. And I play a couple games of chess, which is much, obviously much better than my school Instagram. So you just have to set yourself up for success in that fact, in that matter. But yeah, like honestly, I like to read whatever, just in general. Just I just go hard on content, listen to some cool people. Like if you're looking for people to listen to, I recommend Eckhart Tolle, Joe Dispenza, Robert Grant. Those are those are pretty great people to start with. I mean, New Earth was transformative for me, but and then from there, the algorithm will work in your favor, and you start getting more and more, more and more down that rabbit hole. I think it's interesting, Eric, that you just said that when you send people like love and light and kind of that positivity, happiness type vibe. But that's what you attract because that's literally like my slogan or statement, I guess, for the podcast. That's what I say when I close out episodes, sending you lots of love and lots of light. So I feel oh. like I feel like that's just a weird like universe thing right there. Oh, that's 100% a universe thing because honestly, we're all just we're all creating our own realities, whether you know it or not. So might as well create a good one for you and those around you. Which is and, which can which can be harder when there's powers that want you to create a bad one for reasons, but I mean, <laughs> and then you're in control, so got this. It just I've noticed like even kind of the pull towards certain people where, like I say that to everybody, regardless of how I connect with them or if I connect with them, but I think the ones that I maintain that friendship with or that connection with, they also really jive with that statement that I say. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's it's true that you're engaging 
and bringing in who you're who and what you're putting out i guess yeah 100 percent agree and even if like you don't jive with them for a second like there's no harm in wishing them the best not everyone is meant to be in your life forever but they were meant to have cross paths with you and either mm-hmm. give you a lesson give you some support like even if it's like they do something terrible to you that's a lesson that you had to learn eventually and just kind of move on from that you either learn or it's, it's gonna you're gonna repeat that test over and over again whether it be this lifetime or the next lifetime how did you or maybe you have always been how yeah. did you work on your positivity uh so for me it's like a stages type thing and honestly just finding the right content and the right teachers is probably the best thing that I've ever done so I started with the bitcoin that's what opened my eyes to like all oh, the world I started reading bitcoin content then I found the entrepreneurship content so that led me to like the startup path and it's a lot easier to be it's a lot easier to be positive when you're in control of your own destiny versus like a nine to five mm-hmm. like it just is what it is and then from there that's that entrepreneurship path that led me to like like I said like attracts like it's like okay I know certain people meditating they're into more esoteric stuff and for me it's like they're also highly successful it's like a there may be something about this. And then eventually someone recommended to me my first spiritual book was A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. I was like, yeah, just just read this. I know you read a bunch of content, maybe kind of woo-woo, but read it. So that's what opened my eyes to the spiritual aspect. Then I started getting more and more content around that. Then like, obviously, I, then the algorithm played my favorite. It's like, okay, I learned I could program my own reality. And then what really cracked it open was that meditation retreat where that, that was the next step where it was like a full 10-day deep dive, really just hammered that point home. And then, because then I've always been like consciously aware of what's happening too. It's like, I realize when I'm positive, good thing happens to me because I'm pragmatic. Like, for example, like now when I go to the gym, I go to the gym every morning, like I'm wishing people the best. I'm like, good lift. Oh, good job, guys. Nice spot. You're amazing. But I don't say it because it's kind of weird. But even at the gym, I've noticed more people approach me, like me fist bumps, even though we've been going to the same gym for years. But since I had that shift in mindset, it's just creating a good work, work kind of environment for everyone. Is there ever a time where you do actually verbalize like good left or good set, or is it all more? I don't like to say in your head, but kind no, of no. In your head. <laughs> no, sometimes like when I'm just next to someone, we'll, we'll say what's up. And like I met some spiritual people at the gym too, where it was like, Jesus, I didn't know you're spiritual, like at 24 hour fitness. And then we just, we say what's up. If it's a, if it's a good left, I'll give them a call and say, Oh, that's a lot of weight. You're pushing it. Or if like I, I like to, I mean, I personally like to encourage the, I don't want to say fatter, but like the people are in less good shape because it's harder for them than the people are in fantastic shape to go. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, nice. You're on the right path type of thing. So that, that's, and, I mean, that's just. they'll remember that too. Oh yeah, no, which is good. And honestly, it, first off, feels, it, it feels good for me to say that. But like, again, if you know, even a dent, there's like no harm, like zero effort on my part. Where it's like, why would I not do that? Or it's like, you see some like high school kids struggling in these cars. Like, oh, dude, you're getting a strong eventually. He's like, oh, nice. Because not enough. I don't think enough people do that right now. No. I think there's a lot of people that might think it, but they don't actually say it to the person. Or they just think negative and the negative comes out because I think our society right now, there's a lot of stuff happening kind of everywhere and it's not necessarily great stuff. But I think we're so programmed to just live by how society teaches us and it's more negative than positive and so i think that's what spews out of people yeah no and the key word is you said was programmed because the logic behind is i think since a young age we're all programmed to be something like our, our habits are programming most of our desires are programmed too so if you take a tally of like what do i actually want oh do i want a lamborghini 
most people don't want a Lamborghini. Like most people think they want a Lamborghini, mm -hmm. but most people don't actually want the Lamborghini because to be honest, it's kind of stupid in my opinion, but uh, some people actually do. But like 1% of the people do. So a good tally of what you actually want is I'm about to die. It's my last breath. Did this actually matter? Odds are having a Lamborghini right before you have to die doesn't matter. But the thing is, to some people, it does. So, like, you can't, like, hate on it because some people actually, you have to check off your desires as a way to let them go. But you have to know what are your actual desires which are pro versus the program desires. If it's a program desire, it's a lot easier to be like, no, I don't even want that. Like, for example, like, when I was growing up, I'm like, I probably want a Lamborghini. Now I couldn't care less about a Lamborghini. But if I have my actual desires, that's something you want to actually do because you want to check that off and your soul can go to a higher place if you because you the way i look at it is like we chose this life i chose to be me you chose to be you we chose the lessons that we're going to learn so our souls can raise love conscious so like every hardship it's like why would you complain you literally chose this so you you chose it you're not gonna complain about something you chose which is honestly a good mindset to have because it helps you be in control too. not control but it's like okay the universe is happening for me not to me so it's like, oh, every every hardship is a lesson that I needed to learn. Oh, I failed it. It looks like I get to take the retest. I, I try to look at the hardships as like not why it's happening to me. Like, you know, the whole why me, why yeah. did this happen kind of thing. I try to look at more, not the why me, but what is this supposed to teach me or what am I supposed to get from this? What am I supposed to learn? Where yeah. is this taking me? What pathway? Because there's always something out of you know, there's always good and bad out of everything, but just like you're saying, if you focus more on the the good or the better, that's where you're gonna go. Yeah, no, honestly, that's the right way to look at it because I I view everything as an like everything is inherently meaningless. But the cool thing is that means we get to assign the meaning to it, and what we believe would happen. So like it could be like like for example, you have a problem. It's like oh nice, this is a lesson I get to learn. Now I'm better for it. Versus mm -hmm. the oh why me? What was me? And then that's just going to attract more negativity around your life too. So like, even if you're not trying to learn, like that doesn't serve you anyways, you're just going to become, you're just going to try more negativity, which if you're already complaining about it, may not be ideal for you, but again, you may have to learn that lesson. And oftentimes, like just what you say, you'll attract what you, what oh, you think. Yeah, no, because right? it, um, thoughts uh, thoughts have thoughts have literal weight so it just takes time for a thought to manifest into reality so if you think enough something it'll eventually happen and i view words as i think words are spells so like for example yeah, i think words as spells it's spelling for a reason and curse words are curses so i mean just keep that in mind for whatever you think because what, whatever you think is what you eventually become so yeah, just always be yeah don't don't curse anyone because again if you go by the logic that what you send out comes back to you it's like okay if you're cursing people you're going to okay. probably get into some karma. So, I mean, I wouldn't prefer that, but. Have you, you always kind of viewed it that way? Have you always had that mindset or did that come when you started more of your spirituality journey? Uh, definitely the spirituality journey. Like, yeah, I mean, growing up, I was pretty like normal, like nice child. Like I, I would not, I would not have thought this way growing up. And obviously the school system or governments, they obviously don't even teach. They do, they, they do the opposite to repress. It's one of those things like, just have to find the right books, they write teachers, they write friends, they write content, everything about it. Did you undergo like this, maybe not massive, but this 
kind of breakthrough moment where you had to, you know, you shifted the content you were consuming and watching and hearing and everything, but did you have to go through this shift where you released friendships or anything like that to get rid of that negativity? Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's like a release friendships, but I definitely, I definitely not cut off because it's not like I'm not talking to you ever again type of thing, but it's like, I definitely don't hang around the same type of people. So yeah, there, there are multiple breakthroughs. Like, for example, the meditation retreat does, that was definitely a one, like starting mm -hmm. shadow creation is another one. Having a dark night of souls, other one, just that honestly, the biggest thing is setting boundaries too. So like learning how to set boundaries is also very important. What are your, what are your steps to taking boundaries or setting them? Um, you just have to present them clearly and you, you actually have to follow through them. So one of the boundaries I don't tolerate is disrespect. I mean, so disrespect is like you wish them the best, but it's like, this isn't going to work, which is better for both you and the person. So that's one. And I also don't like negativity as well. Like um, for my friends, it's like, if you're being negative, I'm like, oh, sh stop, stop that. And I'll try to help. But if they're going to continue to be negative again, it's sticky, it spreads. We can cut that off real quick. But you just have to, you have to you have to be clear about your boundaries, and you have to you have to be the one to follow through on them. And it's okay if people don't meet them. It's just it's just like a filtration system for yourself. I think there's um a lot of value in that what you just said, Eric. Where you know we can implement boundaries all day every day, but until you actually yeah. follow through and and enforce them, there's no point. Yeah, it actually has a negative effect too, because you could like imagine someone like, hey, you can't do this. They do it. And then like, okay, what are they going to do? And then I don't do anything. They're just going to keep on doing it because like, they don't doesn't mean anything. And then they'll lose trust and respect for you too, again, which just creates like a downward spiral of bleh. And I think there's also probably some type of like internal conflict where I want this boundary, but I don't know how to enforce it or I don't know how to voice it. So I'm just going to let them keep walking all over me or keep doing whatever it is they're doing, right? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's something you have to, for me, it was like a business type thing where I had to learn to set boundaries on that just because so many people ask me for so many things. We're just like, okay, no, this is my time. Don't call me on the weekends type of thing. So like I was kind of forced to do it, which mm -hmm. I'd imagine it's kind of harder to do. If, like it's easier to do that with like a random person doing business with versus like a relationship or a family type thing. So I was fortunate in the sense like I practice it based on that and then applied it to my personal life or like in your personal life, Honestly, I think I think it's probably harder, but still necessary. Definitely harder. I'm I'm in the process of trying to improve my boundary. Oh no! So I'll, I'll connect you on. I'll, I'll connect you on Instagram. I was just on this podcast with a psychologist, and she identifies as a queen of boundaries. So oh, cool. yeah, I'll, I'll, do, I'll, I'll I'll get I'll I'll create a DM a three way DM before, and if you guys want to chat, you can. So we also matched on phone match too. So I'm sure you can. Have a nice little conversation awesome. about boundaries. Awesome. Boundaries are so needed. And like part of mine is there's a lot of past stuff that makes me not really enforce it. And so that's why I said the important part of what you just said, Eric, was to actually enforce it because yeah. otherwise you're just going to struggle. <laughs> yeah, like that was coming straight from me. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, that's where the meditation retreat that really helped the past, past traumas because then you realize, like you said, like, oh, these traumas result in these habits. So you make the connection there. And like, if you think of it like a root, like for being a, med a meditative state for that long, you're extracting a bunch of the roots, which mm -hmm. then purifies your habit and your mindset. Because then if, like, let's have a root of negativity in my, like in my soul. That's going to color my, that's coloring my thoughts with a negative lens. And if my thoughts have a negative lens, even though if I don't realize it, everything I do has like a negativity 
like a negative connotation around it but if, mm-hmm. if it's if i have a positive lens like the initial thoughts are all positive everything i do is imbued with positivity so it works out well you gotta put like almost the facial protectors on i guess is the best what's up like the facial protector for like a lens of how you want to view the world and yourself and others oh yeah yeah, yeah. but you get you get to pick your own lens which is cool and enforce it yes yeah the enforcing is the key part we kind of talked about a whole bunch of different topics eric but a lot of this stemmed from your businesses is there social medias and websites and everything that we can find you on you yeah, yeah, yeah. Your businesses and all of your just to get more insight and everything from you yeah so if you're interested in web theory e-commerce shopx is the way to go the website is shopx.co and the instagram and twitter are shopx labs Data Ing is the first ever AI-powered matchmaker, and it's D-A-T-A-I-N-G.io. And my personal Instagram is Eric D. McHugh, so I'm obviously here to help, so feel free to reach out anytime. Do you manage all of those socials on your own? No, but I have access to them. Okay. I was going to say, that sounds super exhausting. Yeah. No, like, um, I'm lucky to have support. Where they're, like, I have access to them. It's a team effort, so. Okay. Because I was going to say, is it going to be you that responds to, like, everything? Because sometimes a lot of time. <laughs> sometimes. Like, I'll log but in. You, have that, you have that boundary, though. Yeah, it's like, I don't have to. But, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I, no one's forcing me to do anything. I just want both to succeed. And both. I also like talking to people. So, I have questions. I like to leave a little voice message type thing. And that's just way easier. Awesome. Well, I wanted to thank you, Eric, for being a guest and talking about a whole range of topics and just all of your insight and wisdom and knowledge and little tips into all of all of the topics ranging from, you know, spirituality to mindfulness and meditation and mindset and boundaries and your businesses and how kind of all of those larger topics flow into personal life and relationships and connections and business. So thank you for all of that. I know I got a lot out of just speaking with you and I know others will as well. No, no, I'm I'm grateful for you having me. It was a pleasure just chatting with you. It's always good to chat with like-minded people. It's, I find it's kind of hard to find the connection with people that actually, I don't want to say want the same thing, but know themselves enough and are aware enough to actually seek those out if that makes sense no that's true but they eventually real they eventually reveal themselves like for example shop x dating both people are like i would say that people i don't want to even categorize as spirituality but like the percent of people who are into spiritual esoteric stuff is probably pretty slim you know both people at shop x are super into it. and a lot of the times even like business wise a lot of people who are doing well and i vibe with are in that they do that in the background of course like they have a normal life and everything but mm-hmm. most of the people i talk to now meditate most of the people now like they understand energy for conservation and it was something i had to work towards too like i had to for me it's like once i reach a certain level then they just start appearing type of thing so now like i mean but i'm shocked at how many people i meet who are into spirituality and it's like before like you'd meet zero people but now it's mm-hmm. like okay most people i meet are actually into that and that's probably why i meet them in the first place because you attract them from yeah exactly exactly your desires is there Kind of a final thought, Eric, that comes to mind when I ask for a 
piece of wisdom or support or encouragement. I know a lot of our conversation was a whole bunch of golden nuggets and a whole bunch of tips throughout, but is there any final thought that comes to mind for you? Yeah, so um, I think the universe, the God, the creator, whatever, they put everyone, um, everyone's on this earth. I think everyone's happiest when they're serving other people. And I think everyone has their each individual gifts that they're the best in the world at. So I think being authentic is super key. Like if I would try to be you, Jacqueline, like I could, I can't beat you at being you, you're number one. But at the same time, you can't beat me at being me because me, I'm number one at being me. So the best thing we can do to serve the collective is to follow our own intellectual curiosity, use our gifts to serve everyone else. And that's what's going to make us happiest. And it's going to make everyone else happiest. And I view everyone as, this is more for like the business side, but I view everyone as a conscious creator. So if you follow the two rules of don't hurt anyone and don't take anything away from anyone, you're usually going to be good. And if you don't follow those two rules, like you create, make money by, because money is also just energy free flowing and it can be, it can be positive money, it can be bad money. So if you make money in a bad way, um the car there's karma that's they, we call them the balance forces where you always get balanced the balance forces are supreme so like yeah just be kind i love it i think the world needs more overall authentic people and people that are genuinely themselves and not trying to mask who they really are to fit into all these different molds and masks that society yeah. tells us yeah like I'm, of course those are programming but the good thing is uh, our collective consciousness is raising despite what the media is pushing. So we're on the right path. We just got to keep trucking along. Exactly. Just keep trucking <laughs> along. Well, thank you again, Eric, for being a guest and sharing all of your wisdom, your insight, your knowledge, and all of the tips. Hopefully we can stay connected on all of the socials. And I look forward to seeing where you go next and what you do with your upcoming endeavors. Yeah, no, honestly, thank you so much. And thank you for hosting me. I, I really do appreciate it. Of course, we'll stay connected and feel free to re reach out anytime. Sounds good. And to you, Eric, and to the listeners, I'm sending you both lots of love and lots of light. Oh, there we go. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I had to close with it.